1: Back home. Are you ready to become the powerful matriarch and wise woman you are here on this earth to be? wherever you are on your path. Free Birth Society has a program perfectly curated for you. Learn everything you need to know to be prepared for a powerful birth experience with our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Join our groundbreaking Radical Birthkeeper School, an immersive, authentic midwifery intensive and reclaim birth work as it's meant to be. Take charge of your family's health and wellness and become the herbal healer of your home with our new course, wild mother medicine chest. Prepare your mind, body, spirit for conscious conception through welcoming your spirit baby home and call your next baby in. Awaken your innate womb wisdom and remove any fear or doubt about your upcoming birth with our Sovereign Birth Meditation Series. And finally, gain the simple tools you need to peacefully resolve pregnancy aches and exhaustion, pain with body full of grace, and be able to truly enjoy your pregnancy. Head over to Free Birth Society courses now to join the global sisterhood and elevate your life. After being backed into a corner, fear-mongered and without options in her first birth, Dominique was bullied into a C-section. When she became pregnant again, she was determined to write a new story. She thought she could make it work with her medical midwives by speaking up, saying no, and taking the reins. But it turned out, as it so often does, that that resulted in her medical midwives abandoning her care at 37 weeks pregnant. Facing the paths ahead of her, Dominique knew it was either a repeat C-section or a free birth. So with the support of her friend on the phone, intentional breath work, and finding her warrior strength within, Dominique freebirthed her 11-pound baby boy. She speaks of the transformation and inner strength she cultivated, and the real discovery of her voice to speak up towards injustice. Claiming her autonomy, and moving towards a life of peace, even if it is by herself. Welcome, Dominique. Hi. Happy to have you here. I feel like this is a long time coming.
2: Oh yeah, very long.
1: So tell me about who you were in your first pregnancy, because I know you're here to tell two stories today. So go back to, I guess that child would be six or so years now.
2: Yeah, 2016.
1: Um, okay, yeah, so tell us about who you are at that point in your life. Um, you know, what does your pregnancy look like and, and tell us about that birth.
2: Um, I was uh, late 20s and first pregnancy. Um, I, I, I worked, like I had a job and worked in an office um and i had like an idea of what i wanted as my for my birth um i was working with midwives and my pregnancy actually went pretty well like everything was good i was working out i didn't feel sick stuff like that um but i had like a full plan like i'm gonna give birth at the birth center i'm gonna have a water birth no medication and like that was my plan when with my first pregnancy
1: so you have registered midwives in Canada, so they have, correct me if I'm off here, so that means that they have a birth center near a hospital, right, that you are meant to go into, and so what happens, do you, how does, how does it feel to have medicalized midwifery care in your pregnancy, it sounds like your pregnancy was pretty simple, how does it, how does it go, because obviously we know that at some point it starts to turn for you.
2: Um yeah, it, it was going really well. Um, they had a team of midwives I think I had four of them or three or four of them um there was one that I really liked I really connected with and um like think the visits were really really good and I was very hopeful for for the plan. yeah and then and then things kind of went different when the day happened.
1: <laughs> so you were able to go into spontaneous labor.
2: Um, yeah, I just, I remember I woke up with a lot of back pain, um, and then tried to go for a walk in like, it was December. So it was like really cold outside, yeah. got all dressed up at like 6am mm-hmm. and tried to just walk around the block. And then I realized it was contractions cause I had to stop every few minutes, like, and I couldn't walk. Um, and yeah, I think we called the midwives and the one that I really liked was the one on staff but she was finishing her shift like mm-hmm. it was about to change to someone else um and then she just said yeah like it does it doesn't like it sounds like you're right at the beginning so probably like by tonight or by tomorrow morning you'd be like you know ready um but it just kept going and then i think around 10 ish um it was just a lot to the point where i wanted to go to the um uh, to the birth center. Um, so yeah, we went and it was a girl that I had only met once. So like, I just didn't feel like as connected with her. Um, and then the first thing she did was check my, um, cervix. And then as soon as she did that, my water burst. So yeah. And then she's like, Oh, you have meconium. So you're going to have to go to the hospital. Yeah. So it was like, we were at the birth center and then right away, we already have to go to the hospital. So right, right away, my plan is ruined.
1: Yeah. And you know, so many medical midwives intentionally break waters to see if there's mech. It's really dirty. It's really dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's really a dirty practice. And, you know, they're not comfortable slash in lots of places, they're not allowed by their license to support, you know, meconium stained waters at home. And so they will actually intentionally, but seemingly accidentally break waters. It's so dirty.
2: Yeah, yeah, because it happened right away. Mm. Um, And like, me and my partner were like, we were like, no, we don't want the hospital kind of thing. So we said like, what can we do? Like, can we stay? Or can we, like, what can we do? And she said, like, well, you really need to get the heart rate thing um, at the hospital. But if you choose to stay home, um, like she kind of was just fear, like, she's saying it in a fear, fearful way. Yeah. Like, if you choose to stay home, I'll do my best to support you. Um, But yeah it was like very fear fearful so it didn't feel like a choice mm-hmm. um and we had nothing at home like no preparation like no you know mats or whatever so yeah we headed to the hospital I think around 11 mm-hmm. and of course like I'm stressed already so things aren't going too well for me um and the meconium just keeps kind of I had a pad and it just keeps you know coming out and Um, I don't know if it was like maybe around 1130 or 12 that I I got put into like a bed and like in a tiny, I guess, triage room or whatever. Um, And I was going on all fours to be comfortable. And within like a few minutes, they're starting to tell me, no, you need to turn around. Cause I guess the, you know, the Velcro um, heart thing, they're like, we can't really read the heart rate thing. So you need to lay down. Um, And that's at the point where things went really bad for me, because that pain was unbearable. And I just felt helpless, like I was just laying down crying. um, Mm -hmm. And I told them, no, I like I need to, I need to get up, like I need to turn around and I need to whatever. Um, so then they said, okay, well, there's a thing we can put um, an electrode, we can put that um, in your daughter's head, basically. Um, and once we do that, then you can move around.
1: So we can screw metal into her head, into her swollen, yeah, fontanelle, her caput. Yep.
2: Yeah. so they, I mean, it, it, it,
1: it's actual torture, right? It's an impossible series of options fake options, and it's torture, let's strap a woman to a bed and have her writhe in pain with no options and support. And then see what happens, you know, and and then they're going to get you to agree to anything.
2: Yeah, and and my partner didn't, like, everyone's talking, and he didn't know what to say either, because we're just first time parents kind of thing. Um, So they put the electrode in there, but then they still didn't let me get up. Like, I don't know if it was like the different nurses or different whatever, but still, I wasn't able to get up and turn around and move. It's
1: it's because they lied. Yeah. They don't let you get up once that's in there. They just lied. They wanted to place it. And so they found a way to, you know, and people have a hard time unless you've really seen it again and again, or worked in the system. People, I think have a really hard time believing that it's that evil. But it, it is.
2: Yeah, it's just an agenda, mm-hmm. like the, the intervention. So, like, it wasn't even that long of, like, me suffering in pain and crying and just all that stuff. And then they came back with the heart rate. And, of course, you know, like, there's, like, the dips and stuff. And they're mentioning how the meconium is thickening. So it must mean that the baby is in distress or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, said it like, so the doctor left and then I don't know when, but like just a bit later she comes back, she like comes in really fast. She's like, Kate, the baby's not happy. We have to do a C-section. So it's like, okay, what choice do I have? None. So at that time it was just like, okay, they just put me in the room and, um, they gave me.
1: Was there going. a part of you that like did you believe it as it was unfolding or was there a part of you that was like this doesn't feel right this isn't this doesn't make sense this is bullshit or were you like okay yeah if my baby's in danger
2: let's do it no uh my thought wasn't if my baby's in danger let's do it It, my thought was just I just don't have a choice here because like who's gonna advocate right now because like I'm in so much pain I can't even really talk Mm -hmm. yeah and like my partner didn't know what to do either so like and the the midwife kind of just listened to the staff she didn't really do any advocating
1: she's an agent of that system yeah she she wouldn't have
2: she has to be you know because
1: she has to be a good girl because she has to keep her relationship to that to that hospital Ugh. okay so you have a totally unnecessary surgical birth when you thought you were going to have this beautiful water birth in this birth center.
2: Yeah. Like I got the spinal, um, they started cutting me while my partner wasn't even in the room yet. Like they, they cut me so fast cause the heart rate went down to 60 mm-hmm. um, because of the spinal. So everything was just rushed and a mess and yeah. yeah. And like the only thing I'm thankful of is that I was able to breastfeed pretty fast. Like the midwife did help with that after and like the baby got put on my chest and that was good. Mm -hmm. Um, But apart from that, it just, it caused a lot of trauma and um, disconnection and yeah, like postpartum depression. Yeah. Mm -hmm
1: brutal it's so brutal and it's so it's so multi-layered when you're in a culture where this is everyone's story yeah you know it's so it's such a complicated trauma to walk away with so then who are you over the next three years or I guess two plus years before you get pregnant again how does that how does that birth shape you? How do you start to think about that birth? And at what point in your life does free birth come into your consciousness?
2: Um, well, I I had the thought for a long time, like um, like this didn't go how I wanted and the midwives didn't do like what I thought they would. Like, I, I guess I was naive or just, I didn't know that midwives weren't like doulas. I just had the image or like in my head, I just thought like, oh, I have a midwife. So I have someone who's going to advocate and who's going to be totally pro natural birth and stuff. So yeah, I just saw that, okay, this is not how it is. And that's not cool. Um, And I started learning about what a doula is. And I was like, oh, I need a doula if I'm going to have another kid. And um, I just knew like, I wouldn't want a hospital birth for sure. Yeah. So that's right.
1: Do you hear about free birth before your second pregnancy?
2: Um, I didn't hear about like the word free birth, but, um, funny, funny enough before I even had kids, sometimes I would just, you know, go down YouTube rabbit holes and just watch a bunch of stuff about, um, unassisted births. Mm -hmm. So I did watch like you know, a woman having a baby in her bathroom or in her bathtub. Um, And I had a friend, she's in the States, but she posted about her birth story on Instagram. So I had watched that and it was uh, at home, like, I guess, accidental unassisted birth. And I just thought it was so amazing. So like, I didn't know it was called free birth, but I knew about people having unassisted births.
1: Yeah. Same, same, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. And so then do you start to, like, what happens next? Do you get pregnant and then you have to figure out what you're going to do? Or do you figure out what you're going to do and then get pregnant? Like, how, how do you wind up becoming a free birthing
2: woman? <laughs> um, well, I, I got pregnant, like, in a purpose, purposeful way. Like, I, I did, like, okay, this month, I want to conceive so that I can have the baby by this date kind of thing. Um and then once I was pregnant, I just knew that I want still midwives, but this time I'm gonna speak up and this time I'm gonna take control like what I want. But yeah. so that was my approach for the whole pregnancy. Like, oh, like she's saying they want to do this or they want me to have um um like one of those, what do you call it? Like the heplock? Hep yeah, the heplock you said? Okay.
1: I- I- yeah, I- you did-
2: yeah. The IV. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was just things that they kept telling me like, oh yeah, like we recommend that you do this and to have this. And I just kept saying like, okay, well, like I don't want that. And no. So like, you, I'm not.
1: So you sign up for licensed registered midwifery again. Yeah. And it's with a birth center again.
2: Yeah. One of the midwives was like, she's the same one that was in my team and okay. she was like part of the a different team.
1: Okay. Gotcha. And so you're feeling at that point, like, I'm just going to speak up. And therefore, even though it's the same system, I can like use it differently.
2: Yeah. Like if they say, oh, you need to do this or you need to like go right away. I'm just going to be like, no, I just want to stay or no, I just want to try this kind of thing. Or like, no, thanks. I don't want this and that. So how does that go? Um, So I don't remember what month or what week it was, but I had written out my, um, my whole birth plan in a visual way, like with the little icons. So once I shared that with the midwife, her attitude changed. She like, she like brought me in a room where I guess the birth happens. And it's like, she was giving me this presentation like it wasn't just like a one-on-one conversation. She was just like standing there and presenting all the like risks and because oh. it, it's a back So she's saying all the like uterine ruptures and resuscitation and what would happen if something happened, you have to go to the hospital, the baby has to stay here or vice versa. Like all these like fear-mongering things.
1: So when you spoke up about your desires, she pulled you into a dark room and fear-mongered you.
2: Yeah. Like it, it was just the, the birth room, like the, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Like instead of her, her little office that we usually talk in, it's just, it was just a weird thing. It's like, I feel like she was doing this class, like a, like she was teaching a class. She's just standing there Mm -hmm. like just telling me all these things and it's like, okay. Yeah. Like I know the risks. Yeah. I know it's one in 200 that I can have a uterine rupture and okay. Like, I get it, but my decision is still, like, I don't want this, this, this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, it's just, I just felt like a vibe difference with them after that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so, at that point, I wanted a, um, a birth center birth. Um, and then a few weeks later, when I noticed how they were being, I decided, okay, if I'm at the birth center and something happens, they're going to just transfer me and they're probably going to force that. And also I think their birth center, the, it's like 50% get transferred. Like I just, someone shared that statistics. Mm -hmm. So then I decided, okay, so I want a home birth. Like, so, so that we can just like, we're at home, we're in our environment. That's better, um, at 30, maybe 36 weeks or something. I told them I want a home birth. Um, and then the girl is like, oh, okay, well, the person who does the home birth um, kits isn't here right now. So we'll like follow up with you next week. Like, we'll let you know if we can do it. Um, So I guess that bought them time to discuss between each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the week after the other midwife who I liked the first time, she is the one who is saying like, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to do the home birth. um, And we're like, we're actually we actually want you to or sorry she said we're only comfortable um for you birthing in the hospital and like they they changed it where I can't give birth in the birth center now um I guess because (laughs) they wanted me to like they wanted me to go meet with an OB Mm -hmm. like have a consult with an OB and I felt like no like you're trying to push me for hospital birth so like once I didn't do that and I didn't like comply that's when they started removing my choices mm-hmm.
1: so and and yeah. their support
2: yeah right they and know they, they basically said never it. mind what like they were kind of harsh about it one of uh, one of the midwives said if you choose to stay home like we're not gonna come we can call an ambulance if you need one but we're not gonna come
1: yeah that sounds about so, right
2: yeah, okay. So this um, happens
1: at 37 weeks or so.
2: Yeah, around then.
1: And who are you at that point? Are you freaking out? Are you like, what is that like?
2: Um, I was pretty devastated. Um, like, I just couldn't believe that they were like that, like acting that way. Um, and then I think we had one last meeting with them to try to discuss that and just plead with them, like, can you just let us like, you know, do what we are asking um and then that meeting was just even more clear to me like that they just didn't care or they just didn't want to help um with our plans um and I just was crying during that meeting and it's like they were just blank staring at me um so that's when I decided like we're just well actually that's not when I decided but I was like okay now I'm probably just gonna later labor as long as I can at home and then go to the hospital and just like do what we want and just like tell the staff like kind of thing and just leave us alone um but that I don't know that didn't really I I didn't like that idea so that's when I started listening to your podcast Hmm. and then once I binged listened to your podcast like from an evening and like all night long because um, I started having Braxton Hicks all night hmm. and I thought I was in labor. Um, I just listened to her podcast all night and that gave me the confidence like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay home. And that's what, it, like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. So 38 weeks.
1: Oh my God. And yeah. your partner was down?
2: Yeah. Yeah. He was down. He's like, yeah. okay, we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, so I went to the store, got like shower curtains and got like Gatorade and just different things <laughs> I needed and I, uh, the puppy pads, you know, uh-huh. the, yeah. yeah. So, okay. And so
1: then how many more weeks are you pregnant before you go into labor?
2: Um, I gave birth like 40 plus three days, 40 weeks. So okay. just, so you, you've got like months. two
1: weeks from the time that you are like, screw it, I'm free birthing. So what is that two weeks like?
2: Um, It was okay. Actually, I just, I kind of kept it to myself. It was just me and my partner that knew our plan. Um, I didn't tell friends or family and I just, you know, spent time. I just like ate spicy soup. I just bounced on my ball and just waited and yeah, it was okay.
1: How much fear were you navigating around the, you know, nonsense that they put in your head around the the risks of VBAC?
2: Um, I wasn't actually, like, there was none, mm-hmm. like, because um, I just educated myself. Um, in one of the free birth groups I was part of, they had a post where it was like a bunch of PDFs, and it was all the emergencies. Um, so, like, I just educated myself on, like, okay, what Emergencies are possible, like um, shoulder dystocia or you know all that stuff. So I just you know okay, th- these are all the bad things that can happen, and what do we do if that happens? Not that like I think I can just save any risk, but we live like two blocks from a hospital. So if something goes wrong, we call nine one one.
1: Yeah.
2: So sure. that was all that
1: stuff is incredibly rare, and even more rare. In a physiological undisturbed birth.
2: Yeah, I and and with listening to a lot of the podcasts you guys had, um, I also realized that like my state of mind and my like my state affects a lot of the stuff. So I was like, okay, as long as I'm in tune and I listen and I know like what's going on with my body, I'll know when to like when if I need to call nine one one
1: all right so tell us your birth story
2: um yeah i think that the day before i went shop, like grocery shopping for like i walked for like an hour um and then i think that's when my um contractions started and then the next day they just continued all day just slowly like all day i just had contractions Um, And then at night it started being like three minutes apart and it's like, okay, this is, this is it now. Um, And then um, I was pretty stressed. My daughter was still there, like Mm. she's three Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, my contractions started getting further apart. Cause I'm like, oh my God, like my daughter is here and she wants me and I can't, like, I just can't. Um, so once my mom picked her up, things started getting back, like, you know, three minutes apart. Okay, this is intense. Um, and I called my doula, who was in the States. So she, she like, was doing virtual doula. Okay. Um, she helped a lot because she's like, okay, this is, you're, like, you're in this state and just 30 more minutes and then blah, blah, blah. And, like, she just kept encouraging me. And I just focus on my breath like that's all I focused on the whole time. Um, so I went, it was like 9 PM and then I know like until 2 AM at least I was just like in the bath, um, like on, on hands and knees with the shower on my back and just breathing. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I didn't run out of hot water. Yeah, <laughs> it was in there for a long time. Um, and my partner was sleeping. So I was just in the bathroom, um, just breathing and listening to meditation music. Um, And then I think maybe around six, I probably got out because I like, I think I took four baths or four uh, showers in total. Um, I tried to lay down on my side, that that was not cool. So I just kept staying on my uh, hands or knees or standing. And um, I think around seven, my water broke on the bed. Luckily, I had the, you know, yeah. keep Um And after my water broke, it got pretty intense. So I had to start vocalizing quite a bit. Um, and I just remembered my doula saying, don't, like, try not to, like, scream, like, high pitch or hyperventilate when things get intense. Just try to keep things low and, like, just breathe, do your groaning. Um, so I just did that. And that helped a lot. Um and then I think transition or like the the point where like I just want to give up, it was around 9 30 a.m. Um I just was getting really uncomfortable. It it actually felt like um like a posterior like that his face was the other way because my back my back was like really bad. Um and uh yeah nine thirty I just was crying and like I tried to like sit on the toilet to see if it was comfortable and it wasn't and um, at that point I was messaging my doula saying I just want to go to the hospital I just want to have a c-section just so I can get that relief of that spinal Mm. like just no more pain yeah (laughs) yeah so I was just like talking crazy a bit and um, she encouraged me like like she validated my feelings she's like yes, this is really hard. And this is necessary to meet your Prince. Um, If you really feel like you need to go, um, you can start getting your stuff ready. But just see how you feel in five minutes. Um, And and let me know. And then, like, yeah, so it took like 20 minutes, I think, to we started seeing the head, my my partner was like, Oh, I think I saw the head. And I knew like, okay, once the head, when, once we start seeing the head, it's almost time. So just forget the hospital, forget that crazy talk. Um, So it's like, I got a second wind, like, Mm -hmm. okay, now this is, this is the, you know, let's do it. Um, So we went to the bedroom and I was just like on the bed, kind of like same thing on my like hands, or I guess my hands. And then my, I was standing And I just, yeah, I just kept vocalizing through each contraction and each contraction, the head kept like coming, like you could see the head, you could see the hair and then contraction done, the head, like the head just disappeared. Um, so yeah, my partner was just telling me what he was seeing and we just kept going for like, I think it was like two more hours of that. Um, and it was my body pushing. It wasn't me actively pushing. And I remembered my doula to say, like, don't, like, try not to push. Just let it happen. So I focused on that. And finally, I stood up because I felt that pressure of, like, it felt like having to poop. Um, so for gravity, like, I held on to his neck. And I just, during contraction, I just had to, like, lift my head uh, lift my feet up off the ground and just like hang and just let the contraction happen so yeah that eventually the head started popping out like crown um and then another contraction his head was completely out um and i think it took four more contractions for his body to come out um but yeah he came out and he was huge Yeah. It's like, Oh, no kidding. It took so long.
1: And how much did he weigh?
2: 11 pounds. 11 pounds.
1: <laughs> I love it. You know, because a lot of women will refer to their eight and a half, nine pound, nine and a half pound babies as huge. And it's like, no, 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 no. Eight is eight pounds is the, is the North American average. So eight pounds is very, very average. Nine pounds is very, very normal. I mean, common, I should say, of course, eleven's normal, but I just mean now, once we get into 11 pounds, now that becomes like, holy moly, <laughs> you know, it's amazing.
2: It's amazing. Yeah, I, was, I was so thankful I was at home. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, had I been in the hospital, they would have said like, this baby's too big and you need okay. a C-section. So they would
1: have said you need a C-section for a million different reasons. Yeah, yeah. of course. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And of course he took some time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So like, as soon as, when he was out, I right away, like, you know, on my chest and I started trying to let him, um, what's the word when they like, Oh, root, Mm -hmm. like try to get, you know, the milk. Um, and then we wanted to let the placenta finish pulsing. Um, so I think we left the placenta for like an hour. Um, but the placenta was still inside actually. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so it was just for about an hour and then, um, yeah, the placenta stayed in for four hours. Um, and I just was, my brain was mush. I was just in bed and I couldn't really do much. Yeah. Um, by that time, my mom, grandma and daughter had come wow, and they were just in utter shock because they, they thought we were at the hospital this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> like they had no clue what we were doing. Oh
1: my gosh. Okay. And then like, was it, was it like surprise when they came in and you just have this baby?
2: No, actually, um, after the baby came out, like he came out and I was holding him like this. And then my partner FaceTime my mom. So my mom saw a baby at home being born or born already. And she just yelled. She's like, what? And she's like, okay, we're coming right away. I don't think that that's unrelated
1: to the placenta taking so long. I think there is a strong correlation between um, basically interrupting, you know, third stage, like oh. you know, facetiming, involving new people, switching, you know, out of that that immediate, you know, state. Um, I, I hear about those stories a lot where it almost like scares the placenta away a little bit so how did the placenta wind up coming out what's that part of
2: the story like um like I'm trying to remember like at some point because the the cord was a bit sore so it was just really uncomfortable to keep breastfeeding and stuff and and I kind of needed a break at some point like when my mom was um there already so I got um I was like texting my doula is it okay to like cut the cord even though the placenta is not out um so she just showed me like where to cut like how how many inches and stuff so i got um, my partner to get scissors and the clamp and then an elastic for the second clamp and then they cut the cord and then um basically i was just laying in bed like i was just in bed trying to recover and everyone was in the living room like with the baby like I was just alone in my bed what? alone in the room yeah everyone was with the baby in the okay. living room don't love that and, and then once in a while when the baby I guess wanted to breastfeed my partner would bring the baby and I would try but then it was so painful like with the placenta still there yeah um, I just would cry I felt like I was in labor again yeah um, so I was like, no, no, like, just, just take the baby. Like, I just can't. no. Yeah. So I don't remember much of that because it's like four hours went by, but I just, I don't, I don't think I slept, but I just was just mush, brain mush. Um, and then finally, what happened is I, I got up to pee. So, so like, finally I got up and then after I peed, it just came out. Okay, good. Yeah. So it probably was already like had I tried to get it out before it was probably ready, but I hadn't got up. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's important for women listening because in this like DIY birth space that we're all, you know, in there is, there is a learning curve around the placenta for sure. I mean, around all of it, of course, always, but um, you know, the placenta almost always detaches in the first hour, first two hours. And so what women often don't know in, in, you know, in this, yeah, kind of DIY yeah space, as I'm calling it right now, um, is that the placenta often takes quite a bit of effort. And so even though it's detached, most likely off the uterine lining, off the uterine wall, if you think about what it must look like in there, it's like a big old jellyfish pancake, you know, sitting over a much smaller cervix. And so, yeah, pulling it out, coughing, squatting, um, really giving it a strong pull is very, 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 often what is needed but women don't know that and so I'm and so there's glad the,
2: there's the fear too of like if you pull too hard and then it like you know something happens or it rips yeah. or whatever But you like can, I was scared of you that you can trust yourself you're not gonna you as
1: the birthing mother are not going to hurt yourself
2: yeah yeah like no one else was trying and I just I tugged a tiny bit and I was like no nope, no nope, I'm mm-hmm. not doing that it's right. not ready yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah. Well, I'm really glad it was fairly undramatic. I hate that you were abandoned in your room alone, but I'm really glad that didn't cause, you know, some sort of drama in an unnecessary transfer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, he like, then he slept like so well that night, Hmm. like just so peaceful. Um, and I think it took two days for me to realize I tore Hmm. second degree. Um, and I had heard about tears and like, you don't really need stitches if it's not too, um, severe. Um, but yeah, there was like a nurse that came to my house, um, a public health nurse. Hmm. And then she looked and she's like, oh, you have a tear. And I was like, what? I didn't tear. (laughs) Like I didn't feel it at all. Um, but yeah, I think five days postpartum, we went to the doctor just to check on the tear to make sure it wasn't like a third degree. Um, and then the doctor was like, oh, it's, it's totally fine. Like it can, it's going to heal. Like, I actually really liked that doctor because she, like she has multiple kids and she was very nice about our experience. She was like, Oh, like, congrats. This is like, you're so courageous. This is amazing that you did that. She wasn't like shaming or anything. So, and it was like, just um, like a family doctor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was the only like medical thing we did. Just go visit and make sure everything's okay. So you and didn't then, get
1: stitches?
2: No. And oh. yeah, I think it was too late either. either way. It was like too late already. Yeah. Um, so like the recovery was a bit rough because it was the first vaginal birth. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I got hit by a bus down there. Like it just, it was so painful. Um, but yeah, after a while, and, and I also belly binded. So that helped kind of keep things in and just support. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. It was really good, and it it tr- like transformed me, like my, it it healed that um, first trauma, yeah. that experience. How would you say it transformed you? Um, I I just think like before that, before that that birth, I was a bit down. Like I just, you know, um, that trauma from the first birth was still there, and I just um, I guess I didn't really believe too much in myself yeah. and stuff like that. But after that, I was like, oh my God, like I can do this. Like I'm powerful and like, I feel like a warrior and um, just the experience itself, like with all the breath work, it's like it was, I felt like I was in a different, um, I don't know, like it, 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 it's like my mind was in a different universe, you know, like it, it was very deep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: how, would, how would you say, so that was three years ago. So how would you say your free birth has changed your whole life? Like what's, what, what, what might you want to share that, that has actually like manifested as transformation?
2: Um, it, I, I, yeah, I think, I think it changed like a lot about me. Um, because like, I just noticed that um, when, cri- like when there's like times of crisis, I, I do really well, like under pressure and, you know, cause it's like, nothing is as intense as what I went through with the birth. So like, this is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I went through some stuff, like stuff that's really hard and I just coped well. And, um, I'm like really good with going back to that breath. Cause you know, I, I, I think I did 14 hours of breath work with the birth. So anytime there's something hard, I just, I do really well. And that's like huge compared to before. Mm.
1: So it's yeah. like perseverance and strength. And...
2: Yeah. And just, um, I advocate for myself in like all situations. Now I, I have my voice before, like I was too shy to speak up about stuff, mm-hmm. but now it's like, if, if there is, um, injustice of something like I'm not scared to speak up okay
1: so yeah anything else you'd like to share to wrap up wrap up your story
2: um just just that that the experience was so powerful and changed my whole life um and um I did end up getting out of the like the union I was in just, it just wasn't the right one for me. And, um, I feel like the experience helped me see, see that clearer. Um, so yeah, I'm just now it's just me and the kids and, um, you know, I I'm doing good. good. Well, thank
1: you for your time and thank you for your yeah, willingness to tell your story. Thank you. That's it for today, my sisters. Check out everything we do, including one-on-one and group coaching. Learn about our private membership, in-person retreats, and more on FreeBirthSociety.com. Our online courses are on FreeBirthSocietyCourses.com, including our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Don't miss the Radical Birthkeeper School if you're ready to become the authentic midwife that women are searching for. Together, we rise and the revolution starts inside each of us i'll leave you with our free Birth society theme song wild woman by aruba red
0: i honor you for the wisdom you held the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic i feel the spirit of the ancestors as i place my hands upon my This sacred portal will be honoured Eons upon light beams of survival Withstanding the eradication of our power by design I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me My sisters will no longer birth in captivity The picket line redefined from burning our wild women To paralysing us and drugging our babes Strapped down in a clinical white bed Drying up the milk from our breasts Keep your needles My family will never again be doomed To chase those dragons or your poison We reject your fear We choose love Everything with intention Death, ascension I will fly and bring her back from the start